Christmas message. The Bible says in Matthew 1, 21, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. For he will save the people from their sins. Everybody said, oh yeah. All this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus. I love to emphasize the name Jesus because it's very simple what Jesus came to do. It's very simple the purpose of Jesus. Who Jesus is is very simple. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lily of the Valley. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is your soon and coming King who's going to reign forever and ever. He is the one seated at the right hand of God Almighty. He is the blessed Son of the living God. He is the one who came and lived and died and was buried and was resurrected on the third day in the newness of life. It's the Jesus that we serve. Amen. And so as we are getting into Christmas this morning, and it's the Sunday before Christmas, and we're talking, uh, everything we talk about is about Christmas, how do we make such a mess out of such a simple message? How do we make such a mess out of such a simple message? This morning, the title of this morning's message is Christmas Message. Because we made a mess out of such a simple message. And as I talk about a mess that we've made out of a message, I'm not taking the church off the hook on this. In fact, I'm putting the church on the hook on this because it's going to be the church who turns a mess into the real message of Jesus Christ. It's going to be you who this morning, your life may resemble the mess that God wants to make into a message. Your life may be the one that's on the rocks this morning and you're saying, God, if you don't touch me today, I won't be here tomorrow. My life is a mess and I need you to come in and have a message out of it. And so God this morning wants to make a mess of a life into a message that will transform the world because of the message that he sent through his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen this morning? How do we understand that this message was simple? Because a lot of times the world thinks it's a mystery and now Romans 16.25 explains all this. Romans 16.25 declares God's agenda and God did not have a secret agenda he did not have a covert operation in Jesus Christ he prophesied it before Jesus was ever born he announced it when Jesus showed up and he declared it when he was raised again from the dead and we know that according to the book of Revelation the soon and coming king is going to be coming in with the clouds he's going to be riding on a white horse and he's going to have the host of heaven coming with him and we're going to celebrate forevermore can I get an amen this morning and so we're going to watch God do something amazing. Romans 16, 25 says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. This is talking about God who is able to strengthen you. According to the revelation of the mystery that was kept for a secret for such a long time throughout the ages has now been revealed through a prophetic writing and has been made known to all the nations. Now, the Bible mentions over 10 times in, uh, in the New Testament that the birth of Jesus Christ coming into this earth was a mystery. It was a mystery not because God had a secret agenda, not because God tried to hide it, but because we in the worldly thinking didn't understand what God was doing. A lot of times we make the message into a mess because we see it from our perspective rather than living in a God-style perspective, amen? We make the mess into a message because we try to figure out what God's doing and we try to put it into our earthly carnal mindset and say, oh, that this must have happened because God had a sovereign plan through the sickness to make you come to know Christ. And I don't believe all that mess that we have begun to declare as a message. I believe God does not have a secret agenda. I believe God does not have a covert operation. I believe God does not have a hidden plan 
throughout the ages. I believe that he is opening up the heavens and giving us signs in the times and wonders in the heavens to declare not just the first birth of Jesus Christ, but even the second coming of Jesus Christ. But because we didn't understand the first message and we made it a mess, many of us are um, on the verge of missing the second coming because of the mess that we've made of the message. So this morning, let's figure out how we missed the first message so we don't miss the second message. Many people miss the first coming of Christ because they don't know God's agenda. And it wasn't a secret. But now why is there such confusion? Because we made it a Christmas message instead of a lifestyle that will affect the hearts of men. We've made it a Christmas message instead of a lifestyle that will affect the hearts of men. How many of y'all celebrate Christmas in July? <laughs> See, we've made it a Christmas message rather than a lifestyle that will affect the hearts of men. How many of y'all, when you celebrate Christmas, you only think of the baby Jesus, not the resurrected king? See, we made it a Christmas message rather than a, a lifestyle that will affect the hearts of men. How many of you, when you think of Christmas, you think of the trees and the presents and everything else rather than the resurrected Savior who comes with healing in his wings rather than a message? Do we understand how we kind of have missed it? But how do we miss the first coming of Jesus Christ when it was prophesied throughout the ages and it wasn't a secret? See, I'll explain to you how it wasn't a secret the first time Jesus came to this earth. The first way it wasn't a secret is God threw stars in the sky. And God actually, for the birth of Jesus Christ, rearranged the heavens to declare the coming of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Let me read to you the verse of scripture in Matthew 2, 9. It says, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. See, God begins to rearrange the heavens to declare the announcing of the, or the birthing of his son coming into this earth. But you know, why did only three, or I'll rephrase that, why did only, in our typical message, only three wise men come? There was way more than three wise men. Why did only three come if God completely rearranged the heavens? And how do we miss a message? How do we miss that message? See, God will rearrange the heavens to try and tell you something. He also sent angels, and the Bible says the heavens opened up, and in Luke 2.13 it says, and suddenly there was an angel, and then a multitude of heavenly hosts appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those of whom he is well pleased. So God not only rearranges stars in the sky, but he opens up all the heavens, and he appears, and he breaks 400 years of silence. But we missed it. How did we miss it? He goes on to do other stuff. He goes on to send shepherds. Men came, they saw, and they actually started preaching. Luke 2, 15 through 18, it says, And when the angels went away from heaven into Bethlehem, or went away into heaven, the shepherds went, went, said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And they saw it and they made known the saying that had been told concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. The Bible goes on to say that the shepherds returned rejoicing and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard. So not only did God rearrange the stars in the sky, not only did he open up the heavens, but he revealed his word to men that went out preaching even before Jesus was walking because they were praising God for all that they had seen and heard. But people still missed it. They still missed it. 
And then finally, two years later, when the wise men show up, no, the wise men were not at the manger scene, in case you were wondering. I can give you all the details and a whole new message on it if you would like. The wise men were not at the, the manger scene because the Bible says when they showed up at the house where the baby was, and that term baby was not baby, it was actually toddler when you break it down into the uh, correct version. And the Bible actually says where the child was, not even the baby. So Matthew 2, 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. <laughs> Did you catch that, what the Bible says? It wasn't a star. God rearranged the heavens. That was Jesus' star. We saw his star, and we have come to worship him. So out of all the people that lived in all that time, in all the earth, a very select few got it. Most of the world missed the birth of Jesus Christ. Even when God rearranges the heavens, even when God sends angels, even when God has people go preaching and rejoicing, even when people come from afar to hear, people missed it. My question is this morning, not in church, but in your everyday life, how is God trying to speak to you and you've missed it? And we've missed it. How do you miss such an amazing display of what God is trying to tell the world and we made something completely different out of what God said is so simple of a message. How have we made a mess out of such a simple message of Jesus Christ? I'll begin to tell you why and show you how right here. How does, how do we miss it and how did they miss it? Because that night was anything but a silent night. It was anything but a silent night that night. Some of you are saying, God, I just wish you would talk to me. God, I wish you would tell me something. God, I wish you would speak to me. God, I wish you would reveal your plan to me. And literally, God could be breaking open the heavens, but we're still calling it a silent night. Did, did you get that? We sing silent night. That was anything but a silent night. The heavens broke open. Shepherds came back rejoicing. The stars were rearranged, and we call it a silent night. How have we made a mess out of such a message? Because it was anything but silent. I believe here's some of the ways how. In the message, the star. The star was the brightest thing in the sky. That star, you can study the, the uh, astronomy of it, not the astrology, the astronomy of it. And at that point, that star would have been the brightest thing in the heavens. It was so bright that, that anybody could have saw there was something different about that particular star at that particular season, about that particular time. How do they miss the brightest thing in the sky? Here's how we miss it today, and they missed it the same way back then. They missed the brightest thing in the sky then. The same way we miss the brightest thing in the sky now is because there must obviously be something brighter than that star in your life. We miss what God is telling us because there is something brighter in our life than the voice of God. We miss what God is trying to display to us because there obviously is something brighter than what God is trying to show us. See, I believe all the time in our life, God is trying to speak into our lives, not just on a Sunday morning, but every single day. But because we got so many other voices going on in our head that are speaking louder, it drowns out the voice of God. We got the, we got the voice of our career. We got the voice of our career saying you must press on, you must go forward. All the time God's saying give your life to me and I'll give you the career of your dreams. Amen. We have the star of, 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 of entertainment 
the star of entertainment. Many times, even on a Sunday morning, if we are not entertained, we think God did not move when all the time God says, I don't want entertainment, I want my voice to be heard. We want to be entertained. And the star of entertainment shines so much brighter than the star that God's trying to reveal to us. We want to be entertained. We got things speaking louder than God. And finally, the most grievous thing is, is we're just flat out not looking for it. We're just flat out not looking for it. A lot of people would go about our daily routine and say, God bless my life. And God's saying, I'm trying to, but you're not looking for me. You're looking to get to lunch break. You're looking for 5 o'clock to get off, so you leave at 4.57. Come on now. You're not looking for me. You're just looking for my hand of blessing. But the blessing doesn't come without the voice of God. How do we miss it? How do we make a mess out of such a simple message? It's because we've got things shining brighter than God. The angels, the angels came as God's voice. But we've missed it. We've missed it. Because some other issue was louder than God's voice. It was louder than God's voice. Some of you are thinking, what can be louder than God's voice? I don't know, what are you hearing about yourself? See, some of your voices are louder than God's voice because God says, with me all things are possible to those who believe. And you keep saying, that's impossible. See, your voice has now trumped God's. See, God declared the heavens, he opened up the heavens and declared a mighty message. And even told Mary at that point, for nothing will be impossible to you. And they declared it from the heavens with the heavenly host of angels. And some of you guys are just saying, oh God, if an angel would just come speak to me. And God says, why do you want an angel to talk when you have my voice personally? Why are you looking for an angel, a celestial being, when you have the God of all mankind who says, I'm talking here. How do we miss such an amazing announcement and make a mess out of the message? We miss it for this reason. Because this voice is louder than that voice. Because this voice is louder than that voice. How many of you talk louder than God? I know I find myself talking louder than God quite a bit. Talking louder than God quite a bit, and God finally just says, Joel, it's time to be silent. And I just keep talking, and God says, it's time to be silent. And it's only in the times that I silence those voices in my head, the voice of my agenda, the voice of my career, the voice of what I got to get done for the day, the voice of my schedule, the voice of all the phone calls I got to return, the voice of, God, I'm too busy right now. It's not until I silence that voice do I hear the voice of God. How did they miss the angels? Because there was a ton of other things speaking way louder, way louder than the voice of God. Some of those other things was the voice of, of, of Caesar Augustus. The voice of Caesar Augustus declared that everyone should go down to Bethlehem and everybody should be registered. So everybody got into tizzy and everybody began to go somewhere in all different directions. And the voice of their leader was louder than the voice of God. We live in a day and an age where everything begins to drown out the voice of God. The shepherds, people miss what the shepherds were saying because surely God would do it a different way. Surely God would do it a different way. And now I understand when we love the Christmas story, we love to see the shepherds. And how many of y'all like the shepherds, you know? Shepherds were awesome. We got this great picture of the shepherds. They got this little thing on their head with the long flowing thing down their back. And they got this robe. And they got this staff. And they always look so awesome. And they got this sweet little lamb following them wherever they go. 
right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know the Christmas story. And sometimes they're portrayed as a 13, 14-year-old boy, which is probably pretty accurate. And they're shepherding the, the, the flocks and the sheep. The thing about the shepherd is this. The shepherding is a disgusting career. The shepherding was not a coveted career. The shepherding is what you did when you were a failure at everything else, basically. And you were out for weeks at a time in a nasty pasture, and you stunk because you slept with animals, and you were their protector, and you were their provider, and it was cold at night, and it was hot in the day. It was a miserable career. And you know what Jesus said? I'm going to be called the good shepherd. Fix it to come down, and I'm going to live a miserable and miserable circumstances for you and for me. Shepherding was not this glamorized thing. It's like, oh, we got a little lamb. Come on, let's go see Jesus. It's not that. And here's how we miss what the shepherds were saying. Because Mitch, surely God would do it a different way. Surely God wouldn't reveal himself to the poor, the disposed, the uneducated, the rejected, and the ones that were out in pastures, and the ones that would stink, and the ones that weren't. Surely God would choose somebody else to reveal it to. Surely God would do it a different way. Some of you guys have been believing and trusting God for an amazing breakthrough in your life in some way. And God said it's been here all along, but you're saying God wouldn't do it that way. Are you sure? Because God's been known to do the unorthodox from time to time. God's been known to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live, to die, to be buried, and to be resurrected again for you and for me. That's kind of a little unorthodox. And if you're ever wondering for God to do something normal in our status quo, you're probably missing the voice of God because God never does anything normal. He does everything heavenly. God does everything heavenly. And so if you're looking for God to send you on a path that will fit you into the style of the earth, you're not going to find his voice there. It's going to be different than the earth would say. It's going to be different than the United States government would say. It's going to be different than your mama and daddy will probably say. It's going to be different than the religious people in the church will say. It's going to be different because it's going to be heavenly. But when God speaks, do we miss it because we sit here and say, Brandon, surely God wouldn't do it that way. Surely God wouldn't grow TWBC in 2015 by us starting a Monday night service. Really? Who has a Monday night service? I don't know of anybody who has a Monday night service, by the way. Right? I don't know of anybody who has a Monday night service. Surely God wouldn't choose to grow TWVC like that. Have they missed it in the leadership? Are they crazy? Probably, because that kind of lines up with God. And I'm not calling God crazy. I'm calling God unorthodox and different and out of the box. And so for God to choose to reveal it to shepherds was crazy and unorthodox. It was different. But we miss God because, Damon, sometimes we say, surely God wouldn't do it that way. Surely it'd be done a little bit different than that. And then finally, the wise men, the kings, the magi, whatever you want to call them. Many people miss God because we're too busy playing king rather than listening to the king. We're too busy playing king rather than listening to the king. And I'll give you some simple examples. We're too busy playing king and dictating our own little empire called our house with our own schedules, agendas, and everything else. We're too busy playing king to let the king of kings come in and begin to take schedule. We're too busy playing king so we miss the king. We're too busy putting emphasis on me and who I am and what do we got to get done today and what is our agenda today and we miss the real king because we're concerned about our own little empire. I don't want TWBC to ever build its own empire. I want us to build the kingdom of God. We're not about building our own empire. I'm not about building a Joel T. Meyer empire. Damon's not about building a Damon Wilkes empire. We are about submitting to the king of kings, the lord of lords, the, the, the one and only true son of the living God. We're about submitting to him in the simple message that he brought, that I came to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely forgive those people so they'll go out and freely forgive other people. That's who we serve. That's what we've done. But we miss the king because too many times we set ourselves up as king of our own little empire. 
And many people missed it back then, just like they do today. But we're missing a major character throughout this whole scene. Everybody say, but Mary. But Mary. Everybody say, but Mary. Mary had a little bit of different take on things. And the Bible says in verse number 17, said, when they had come in and seen him, this is Luke chapter 2, when they had come in and seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. And I love this, but Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. How has the Christmas message become such a mess, especially in the American culture? How has it become such a mess? Because much like the star, much like the star, it was an event that happened at one time, but then moved on. We've made a mess of the message because we made church services an event that you come to and then you move on. We've made quiet times an event that you go to, then you move on. We've made, we've made the, the a worship a thing that you do and then you go on. See, the thing about Jesus is he is way more than an event. He's made way more than a date on December 25th in the calendar of the United States, which is the wrong date for Christmas anyway. That's not when Jesus was born. He was born in the springtime, about April 20th, somewhere in that area. We've missed it because it was an event that moved on. Much like Christmas Day, after all the presents are done, what do your kids say? Where are the rest of the presents? You can give them 50 and they're wanting more. It's an event that moved on. The star was simply an event that moved on. The angels, they made an announcement, they declared it, but then they departed. A lot of people do that in worship services. They come, they make an announcement before God that, God, I'm going to change. God, I'm going to be a different. You announce it, declare it, but then you depart and you go right back where you came from. Do you, do you understand how we miss the message? You can come and you can declare something, but then you leave and you go right back. You go right back. Then we got the shepherds once again coming on the scenes. The shepherds, they went for an experience. But then they went home. They went for an experience. A lot of people love to come to church, especially TWBC, because you have a great experience. But what are you going to do with that experience once the experience is done? What are you going to do with that decision that you just made for Christ when the experience is gone? What are you going to do with that experience, that great moment you just had, that great epiphany where you just saw the heavens open up and God begins to change your life? And when it's done and you go and worship Jesus for who he is, what are you going to do when you go home? See, a lot of people come here and, and have a change but have no objective when they leave. And then you got the wise men. The wise men who came from afar and gave a one-time gift and you never heard of them again. A lot of us do that with Jesus. We come and we give him our heart and we say, God, I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be saved. And we have a heart-transforming event and we give him the one-time gift of our life but then we're never heard of again in the kingdom. And how have we made this such, such a, a great message into such a mess? Because out of all the characters in the Bible, this is what we should have done. We should have done this. We should have done a but Mary. But Mary had a life change because her heart was affected. Mary had a life change because her heart was affected. Oh, how sad of a day it is. And I see it all the time in our worship services. All the time in our worship services where we've been in church so long that our hearts are no longer affected by God. Oh, God, help us. Because if the church who has been in the presence of God and the church who knows the voice of God and the church who's had an experience with God and a church who's seen the great light of God and a church who's had revelation from God. If our hearts can't hear the voice of God, how in the world are we going to expect somebody who's never heard the voice of God to begin to understand it? How are we going to plan on the rest of the world to hear God's voice when the own church can't hear God's voice any longer? When the own church does it but Mary. The Bible said, but Mary noticed all these things. She noticed all these things that took place. She noticed the stars. She noticed the shepherds. I'm sure she noticed the angels. 
And I'm sure she, she saw the wise men when they came two years later. And the Bible says her heart was changed. Her heart was changed. We must begin to live this message in such a way that the hearts of men are affected once again. Notice I didn't say preach in such a way. Notice I didn't say sing in such a way. Notice I didn't say give a present in such a way. I didn't say come to the altar in such a way. I didn't say go home in such a way. I said we must make this more than an event. We must make it a lifestyle where we live the message of Jesus Christ in such a way that the hearts of men become affected again by our simple presence being in the room because it's more than my presence. It's his presence living through me and we change the world with the simple message of Jesus Christ. I, my heart broke this week literally broke this week when i realized this and i asked god this question god does my lifestyle not my preaching not my sunday morning whatever but does my lifestyle every day day in and day out does my lifestyle change the hearts of men oh god and i had to go before him and repent because many times it doesn't because many times i'm in walmart being my own king on my own agenda with my own shopping list to get my own stuff to get back home to sit on my own couch does my lifestyle affect the hearts of men in such a way that they're changed. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But Mary, you notice, but Mary, she was with him in the beginning. She was the only one who lasted with him to the end. The disciples bailed, everybody bailed. But Mary was there at his birth, had a heart changed, raised him his whole life, followed him throughout his ministry, was there at his death. She was there in the upper room when Pentecost came. Are we that affected by the gospel? Are we that affected by the simple manger that we see on the stage? That we will begin to turn our life now and treasure and ponder on all these amazing things that God has given us in the year 2014. And we begin to ponder on them and we have such a heart affected change that our lifestyle is now different. That people can say what's different and it's not the Christmas story. It's because my heart was affected by Christ and the way he lived that I will be different and I will be changed forevermore. Very simple message this morning. I didn't want to make it deep. I didn't want to make it complex. I didn't want to make it hard, and I didn't want to put a lot of historical information in it. I wanted to simply clear out a bunch of mess and ask you one question. Do you live your life, not have a Sunday morning worship service, not have a Wednesday night get-together, do you live your everyday life in such a way that the hearts of men are affected by it? If you want the answer, ask your spouse. If you want the answer, ask the person closest to you in your life. Maybe you're not married and you're saying, am I living in such a way that every single day when I wake up or when I go to bed, somebody's life was affected by the way I walked and by the way I carried myself. So much to the point of this, the apostles, there was such an anointing on their everyday life that when the shadow walked by and fell on them, people got healed. The shadow of an everyday person, Jerry, walking through the street of Costa Rica heals the deformed on the side of the road. Zach, the shadow of you walking down the oil field changes oil workers because your shadow falls on. Robin, your shadow when you're driving to Walmart affects somebody. Your shadow when you're walking into a school district affects somebody. Your shadow, and that's not even you. Listen, Jerry, your shadow's not you. The shadow's just the sun when it's shining on you, it's displaying a figment of you. And if God can do that with the shadow, if God can do that with the shadow, somebody give me, if God can do that with the shadow, Greg Arden, if God can do it with the shadow, Sherry Chester, if God can do it with the shadow, Ronnie and Hope, if God can do that with the shadow, what can he do with the you that doesn't just want a shadow on somebody, but you want your life to be on somebody and change the world? I'm ready to affect the world. I'm ready to change it.